Hey there. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Lakeside. I'm your host, Daniel Stombaugh, and I'm glad you're here with me today. We are going to have a transformational day today. We're going to take the next few minutes and talk about our identity in Christ, that is who we are in him and who we are to him. And this is powerful because identity brings purpose. Let's get started. And we're in episode number 22, and we're continuing right along with this segment that has been changed in the book and just sort of opens up with a new new um, portion of the story. And we're seeing little bits. And the Song of Solomon, as you read it, it's a lot of flashbacks, flash forward, present day. It's just played out just like a real movie. And so when you read the book, it's beautiful, and it's easy for me to follow this way as I read through it. But we're seeing a, a portion. They've already had their dinner, and now it's in a separate portion. She is in her room, the bridal chamber, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. So we we open up in Song of Solomon chapter 2 in verse number 9, and it says, My beloved is like a roe or a young heart, or that's a deer, basically. Behold, he standeth behind our wall. He looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. Now, at first, when you read the verse, it seems like he's a peeping Tom. <laughs> you know, he's peeking through the windows. He's looking around the wall. He's showing himself through the lattice. What does that mean? And so in order to understand that, we need to just kind of look at the overall picture first. Let's look at the lyrics of this song first. And that's this, about what's going on with the shepherd girl and the king. And we're at this new segment of the story here. And the bride is learning to adjust to her new life as queen. At the same time, she's learning to walk in her identity that her relationship with the king, the king has helped her to establish. And remember we said identity brings purpose. And I'll say it again, identity brings purpose. I'll say it one more time, identity brings purpose. As she learns her identity, you're going to start to see her walk and her purpose, and that is rivaled in its impressiveness and in its beauty with you when you begin to walk in your purpose as well. It's a beautiful thing to watch the, uh, uh, the bride start to move and start to... Um, a walk through life in her purpose and her identity, and it's a beautiful thing. And so we see we're seeing that take place. And this is she's come a long way. If you noticed, even the way she speaks about the king has changed since chapter number one. And so even since that portion of the story, as she has grown in in his love and the confidence and the safety and security of his love, uh, she has started to embolden and started to walk and and adopt this uh, mindset that says, "I am who he says I am. I'm not how I feel." I'm what his word reveals. And as you and I begin to take that and choose that daily, choose that identity, I'm going to walk in this identity that he has given me, and we walk in that, what you're going to start to see is your own life. You're going to see a boldness come forth that you didn't have before or that you weren't aware of before. You're going to see attributes come forward, uh, fruits of the Spirit be displayed. And you think, well, where did that come from? How did I just love that person? How did I just forgive that person? How did I just start to experience this stuff? I've heard it my whole life sometimes. Uh, we hear about stuff, the fruit of the Spirit, and we hear about it, but we never truly ever get to experience it or don't feel like we do um, because we're, we're constantly trying to earn our identity. But when you choose what he says about you over what you feel, you're going to start to display attributes that come along with that identity, and that's an awesome thing. And so the scene opens up, and she's in the royal bride chamber. Let me describe to you what the chamber looked like. The bride chamber was not just a room. It was inside of a room. It picture a large room that's empty, and then right in the middle of that is this lattice worked like a cage almost, uh, but a lattice work gazebo type of thing, a 
a large room within a larger room, but this middle room is made up of lattice work. It's made up of a very beautiful, romantic, decorative-looking lattice work that comes up and makes a ceiling, and so the bed is in the middle there, and the bride has everything she needs in that room. This was the one key. This was separate quarters from the king. She didn't share the king's quarters. Uh, this was a separate room for her, and it was the one room in the palace that the king did not possess the key for. Uh, the king did not have the key to the bridal chamber because the queen uh, was at a place where the queen could decide. She was not a concubine. The queen could decide whether she gave access to the king or not, and she could keep that door shut or she could open it, and that to me is powerful. Remember when Esther, Queen Esther, got kicked out of the kingdom, or not Esther, but Vashti, uh, as the one who has to replace. Queen Vashti um, got kicked out of the palace because she would not come forward. She would not open the bridal chamber and come out and perform what the king wanted her to. She made a choice and uh, didn't say that not, there would be no ramifications of that. It's just that the queen had the choice of whether she would or open that door or not. And so it's awesome. Do you remember the first time um, that you were aware of God's presence in your life? Let me just ask you that. Because she's talking about, she's in the chamber, that bridal chamber. She hears his voice. We talked about the last episode, but then she sees movement outside that lattice work and she saw him pass by. And if you picture a lattice work, uh, maybe around the porch or something, it's a little diamond shape, right? It's all in lath or uh, diamond shaped openings there. And she saw that shape and that shadow move past and she didn't see the full figure of the king, but she saw the shapes of, through the diamond. She saw just a little bit of glimpse of the king. And what she saw that glimpse of was a, a glimpse of something that was attached to something far bigger. She saw that king move past. She saw that shadow or that darkness move past and she saw just a glimpse of him through the lattice and that what she saw was connected to the king himself and it was like, man, you know, this is just a representative of a large king, of a larger person, of a larger scope uh, beyond what I'm able to see. And so she saw it pass and her heart jumps up there. And do you remember the first time in your life that you saw uh, God's presence in your life? You were aware of that. It was almost as if you looked in the eyes of someone you truly loved for the first time. When the day came that I realized that God had been right in front of me all along, I was so completely overwhelmed that I cried. Because I had struggled so much to be what he deserved and would expect of someone who claimed him as uh, to claim to love him, my self-effort was operating at a maxed out level. You know that God loves it when you look at him and you see him in his expressions of love all around you. He loves it when you get in your car and you're scanning the road ahead of you uh, looking uh, to see God. Or when you walk through a crowd of people and you whisper his name on your lips. He loves seeing you look for him. He loves how you ask him to show himself to you as you go about your day. You know, last episode we talked about asking God to be seen, asking God to show himself to me. Man, he loves that. She was sitting in that bridal chamber and she heard his voice and Man, she was, her heart jumped because she loved the way he talked. She loved the way he pronounced words, and she loved the things that he said to her and how it made her feel. She loved that. And when she heard him talk, it stirred her heart, and she wanted to see him. And then the shadow passes by the, door, the wall to her chamber, and she knew he was there. And he was getting closer, and he was coming there to be with her. And she, her, her stomach churns and her bowels churn within her. She's yearning. She's exciting. And man, when you start to, we get in, there's another passage that talks about this a little bit more detail. And it's a little bit more graphic when it describes how she feels. But man, she's excited. She can't wait to see him. And she catches that little glimpse of him. And that little glimpse just sends her to the moon, man. He is always close to you. And when you catch those little glimpses of God, you discover that he's constantly looking for ways to show his smile to you. He is never boring in that quest to get your attention. God is never boring. In fact, uh, he is shameless in his desire for you to see him. 
He's in every single song that you hear. And he's in the eyes of every individual that you meet. He's in every conversation you have and every movie that you watch. He's in the sunrise. He's in the sunset, the ocean wave. You hear him in the bird chirping above your head. You hear him in the leaf crunching beneath your feet. You just need to speak his name and then look with your eyes intending to see him and you'll never be disappointed, I promise you. He loves planning our times together. And what you will discover during those times of togetherness is that the forming of the world was just the tip of the iceberg in his creativity in the way that he can come up with for you to see him. I love it. Man, when God chooses to reveal himself to you, it's not always in this large, powerful way. It's in a subtle way that when it hits you, you're just it floors you because you're like, whoa, you were there all along. You were in my life all along. And every little glimpse, every little glimpse has stirred me to see you even more. I challenge you to look carefully today. Look carefully. Look carefully. Make the effort to seek God. To say, God, I want to see you today. Look carefully. Because we're like that bride. You know, we're sitting in that chamber and, and we hear his voice. Man, maybe you hear a worship song and you just it stirs your heart and it brings to remembrance something God has done for you. What is that? That stirring, that's God's voice. And you hear that and it just it quickens your pulse a little bit because you think, oh, man, I just heard the God of the universe. He just talked with me. He wasn't some distant deity. He wasn't some micromanaging employer or some harsh ruler or harsh judge. And, and he wasn't up there waiting to smite me. And he was the pursuer of my heart. And he just spoke to me. The God of the universe, the one that made the clouds, he made hydrogen, <laughs> he made carbon dioxide. That God, like that one, he just spoke. He stirred my heart to think about him. He stirred my heart to do something maybe I hadn't done in a long time. Man, I got up out of bed and I just felt in my spirit I was just supposed to speak to him. So I sat back down and I just breathed his name out. What was that thought that caused me to speak to him? It was God. It was that gentle Savior. It was that shepherd. It was that wooing that said, whoa, talk to me. Man, God just talked to me. And I just responded and I talked back to him. Man, she was waiting. She was waiting. He gets to her door, right? So he comes around the wall she catches just a little glimpse of him. And that little latticework is a picture of all those little moments that you just catch a glimpse of God's heart. And it was the kindness somebody displayed to you. Man, somebody, um, somebody gave you grace, and they displayed grace to you when you didn't deserve it. Man, someone did something out of their way for you. Someone called you out of the blue to tell you that they loved you and that they were praying for you. What was that? It was God. That was God. God was speaking to that person and having that person call you. God of the universe just touched you in a way that you could hear it with your own ears because, you know, it's hard for you to hear me say, I love you. So I'm going to have it come through the ears of someone else. But it comes out of the blue because I'm just going to have them say it to you. I'm going to prompt their heart to tell you that they love you today. So much bigger than just Aunt, Aunt Josephine calling me. <laughs> it's so much bigger than my brother and my sister calling me. I have to ask myself, of all the people I could have spoke to, why did I speak to you? And of all the things I could have heard today, why did I hear the words I love you from you out of the blue? And you said how oh, you were on my mind. I was on your mind and, and you spoke to me. Man, when, 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 when the one that you love speaks to you, man, your pulse quickens, your heart stirs, you get this big smile on your face and you're like, man, I cannot wait to tell you something back. I just got to tell you that I love you. I got to tell you that I love you. You speak to me and... and Man, I love the way that you talk. I love to hear my name on your lips. I love it. And I love to put your name on my lips. I love for you to hear me speak your name right back to you. He is just that awesome. 
He is just that awesome. So next episode, we're going to jump into what happens. He comes to the door and he knocks on the door. And why does he knock on the door? What does he want from her? It may surprise you because you're going to think, uh, based upon what he's done <laughs> in, the, in the dining room, <laughs> what's the bridal chamber, right? Hey, uh, he's out in the garden. He's out in the dining room. He's just going to break in the bridal chamber too? No. No, 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 no. Wait till you see what happens. We're going to talk about that next episode. In the meantime, I challenge you today. Take some time and just ask God to speak to you. I want you to write down something for me. I want you to write down the words, I am ready. I am ready. Like, I am ready. I want you to tell God today, you are ready. Say, God, I'm ready. Father, I'm ready. King, I'm, I'm ready. I am ready to hear your voice. I'm ready to speak to you. I'm ready to embrace you today. Man, I've been feeling that there's some things that are coming our way today that, man, when they hit you're going to be so glad that you took the time out to talk to him first. Be so glad that you took the time out to just take the moment and just solidify in your heart, hey, this day belongs to you, and I want you to know that. I mean, I've, I've catch sight of you, and I can't help but speak back to you. Man, I get off the phone with people, and they send me a text out of the blue, and, hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, brother, love you. Whatever, you get these texts, and I, I, I have to hang the phone up and look down, and I just immediately tell God, thank you. Father, thank you. You know my love language. <laughs> My love language is words of affirmation. And man, you have people put words into my life. And I, man, I thank you for that. I take that as coming from God. Thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. You're an awesome communicator. Awesome, beyond audible. Can't wait to see you next time. We're going to talk right into the bridal chamber, what happens when the king knocks on the door. God bless you. Have a fantastic day today. Make sure you give away your smile today because your smile is your source and the world is hungry for your source. You have the best way to give it to him today. Give it to him through the form of your smile. God has given you so much. And go give it away.